All right, Jimmy, uh, if you could put in some like uh, various cheering and applause in the background of this opening segment, but also make sure you're keeping in this request. <sighs> Whoa, look at us. We're at the Oscars. Bright lights. Look at all the stars. Hey, it's Brian Cranston. Look at that. Hey, look. It's you want some Brie Larson. It's Brie Larson. Look at that. Women are really cool. My voice look, is low now. Oh, look, it's Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> Do I have a beard? Do I not have a beard? Am I funny? Am I not funny? Hey, Jimmy Kimmel. So we're coming at you live from the night of the Oscars, basically. And we, th- we thought about waiting until tomorrow night to uh, go just through our Oscar reactions. But we uh, ha- already have a long episode, so we're just going to do this. The Oscars are going on right now, and I think we'll just give you occasional live updates as to what we think about the winners. Hold on, not to interrupt you right now, but Kevin Hart (laughs) is over there. I'm short, and that's funny. (laughs) Kevin Hart, whoa, hey. He's standing next to Dwayne The Rock Johnson, so he looks even smaller. That's funny. And Shaquille O'Neal, was he even (laughs) in a movie this year? How did he get in here? Maybe. Anyway. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever, but mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Holden, you've been doing the notes for a while now, but you still continually flub the intro, so... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You'll get it down. You'll get it down. I'm rooting for you, Holden. I'm rooting for you. And what's funny is like I had the notes in front of me that time too. Like the last couple times I even ha- I haven't even had the intro up in front of me. But that time I did have it up in front of me, but I just like lost my place in the lines. So I just kind of yeah, it is what gotta, it is. You got to get into your zone, man. It's like a <laughs> soul. You got to be in the zone. Nah, nah, I'm good. Uh, we've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of one. We've got Sound of Metal. Two. Never heard of it. Two, we've got the father. Forgettable. I don't remember seeing that one. <laughs> we got the uh, season finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, two of those things are good. And I, I don't know. Falcon <laughs> boy and Lava Girl was all right, I guess. All right, let's do it. <laughs> That one movie podcast. Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Oh, fine. Jeez. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's, Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Hold on, I apologize for my lack of enthusiasm. I'm bringing my A game. I'm bringing my A game. Positive mindset. It's Oscar night. It's Oscar night. This is like the one night where us movie geeks have like our full power. Yes. Unlimited power. (laughs) We're talking about Wait, the oh. uh, Roman Senate tomorrow, so I assure you there will be uh, an I am the Senate mean meme. Hold on. I think we actually might have our first winner already of uh, the Oscars. I mean, they yeah. are saying it live behind us. It is a little bit hard to <laughs> yeah. tune out. Wait. 
actually wait oh yeah it okay so this is actually an exciting one uh emerald fennel won best original screenplay for promising young woman wow nice very nice very nice cool. uh, we both liked that movie do you say best original screenplay yeah nice i was rooting for that to win that so i'm, I'm very happy holding my third favorite movie of 2020 very yes. nice your was it still All your right. favorite yeah it's still my favorite nice nice Right, right. Our, but Monster Hunter is a close second. We'll see if that one yeah, gets monst- <laughs> big snub <laughs> on the nominations effects. list. All right. Uh, but first off, in Tom's Jimmy, we've got uh, a couple of tra- new trailers this week. A couple big trailers this week. Uh, we'll start off with the Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Rings. Ten Rings. Ten Rings. <laughs> I think. Nine I were given Shang-Chi. to the realms of men. <laughs> Some were given to the dwarves, and I don't know, Zaron, the Lord of the Rings. Something about rings. Yeah, uh, so this is a new Marvel movie coming out in September. It's been delayed a few times alongside, like, every other movie. <laughs> uh, this was actually supposed to come out after the Eternals, but they swapped places. Pro- I'm guessing they don't really have that much continuity in between the two, if any. Um, but this is, like, a m- martial arts-focused uh marvel movie uh i don't know what do you think jimmy i think it looks different which i think different is good so aquafina's in it totally forgot about that uh kind of <laughs> gave me some kill bill vibes at places you know mm-hmm. I, i'm not interested to see some martial arts in a, in a marvel movie i'm just glad it look it doesn't look like a marvel movie which is exciting yeah um I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where the MCU goes and kind of what we have. Uh, you know, in the next year or so, we're going to have all these new, you know, chess pieces to play with. And it's interesting to see how they're going to take those pieces and build up to another Avengers kind of overarching storyline. So it, it's interesting and it's exciting to see all these new developments mixed in with the, the older characters. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited. Hold on. I'll give it a Brokaw personally. I'm uh I'm enjoying the the martial arts like the chore- fight choreography at least that was shown in the trailer. I mean it's like it's not just like martial arts it is like a little over the top just I mean cuz it is like a Marvel movie but it it all looks like in I mean it's not all in camera but it's made to look like it's pretty long shots and stuff and it looks very exciting and I don't know has has a lot of punch to it. I'm I'm excited for it. Um yeah, uh, the yeah, I don't know, not much more to say beyond that. Uh, I'm gonna give it a Brokaw. Nice. Uh, then our second trailer we had, which I think we were ju- we just <laughs> I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I thought it was gonna get delayed because we didn't have a trailer yet. Uh, is the Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It? Newest the Devil the, Made Me or Do the It. The Conjuring Three, essentially. Um, what do you think, Jimmy? Uh, it'll be interesting I remember seeing the sneak peek of it when Warner Brothers just was dumping out all their behind the scenes stuff on YouTube mm-hmm. and they had like a 30 minute special about the Conjuring movies and they had just like a little sneak peek basically like footage that I didn't know existed and I, I don't know how many <laughs> people saw it because I don't know but it was like oh wow this is footage from the new movie Um, I don't know it, it'll be interesting I I 
I'm just not sure. I guess it's going to be more of a court drama sort of thing, but then there's going to be stuff outside of it. I'm trying to remember who it's directed by. I'm going to look it up right now. It's not James Wan. No. I um, I thought that was a bit weird, too, that it's... Um, yeah, that it seems... I mean, we had mentioned before that it's going to be like taking part, part in a courtroom, but it seemed like a lot of it was going to be in a courtroom. Which, I mean, is it like an interesting setting for the series? I'm interested to see what they do with that um it looks it's michael i i don't know if it's chavez chavez or Chav, like chavez um he did the curse of la llorona and the maiden oh. which is i've never heard of the maiden but uh la llorona we'll, is apparently not very good <laughs> yeah we'll see i mean you got ed and lorraine warren you got patrick wilson and and vera Farminga coming back for those roles i like them I, I'm guessing James Wan still had his, his kind of a storyline there. He's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat involved with all of them to an ex- surprising extent based <laughs> on the, the behind the scenes stuff. Like he's like, you know, executive producer or whatever, but it's like he's no, they'll, he's on set some of those days. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it's a mainline one. The two mainline ones have been really good, in my opinion. I think they're mm-hmm. two of the better horror movies. So, um, two of the better horror movies i've seen so i'm still excited for it but i'm just not sure i'm I'm tentative i'll give it a bergeron yeah um yeah, i don't really know oh it has the the little kid in it is one of the kids from wandavision but he's also like very he's also a reoccurring like um god what's the the horror director's name I like a lot Mike Flanagan he's a reoccurring Mike Flanagan actor because he's in like Haunting of Hill House he might be in Doctor Sleep too um so that's cool I like that kid Alden um, likes kids yeah uh, I'll give it a he's having on. one congratulations <laughs> me? <laughs> you're expecting I'm I am not <laughs> thank goodness uh, imagine a little Holden going through the world God, it'd be really funny if you said that and I just went with it and that was how like my dad found out about a kid <laughs> was by listening to my podcast. <laughs> it was three weeks behind. Oh, it just goes to show, <laughs> Scott, you got to keep up. Yeah, keep up. I, this, I right. should propose to Emily over the podcast and then get my answer a month <laughs> and a half later. <laughs> um, so that that's... Uh, what are we talking about? Conjuring. Talk about horror movies, am I right? All them having kids. <laughs> All right. Any, any, no more trailers, right? No more trailers, no. Supposedly we can, we're getting a West Side Story trailer tonight, but I guess we'll just talk about that next week, Jimmy. But you're excited or, for West Side Story. Or just never, because I... No, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right. Next piece of news uh, is Thor Love and Thunder. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned that Russell Crowe was cast in it, um, and now it is a he's confirmed that he's playing Zeus in this movie. And what I have to say with this is, what is this, reverse God of War? Because they killed all the Norse gods, and now they're going to the Greek ones. That's what yeah. happened in God of War. <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah zeus russell crowe interesting i mean it will tie into what i'm teaching in my social studies class so i appreciate that so i'll be like you guys see the new thor movie that's like what we're learning about am i right and they're gonna (laughs) be like they're gonna be like shut up (laughs) this is historic this is like actual historical accuracy you can show that in your class yeah 
So, um, yeah, we're <laughs> Thor Love and Thunder. Yep, we're going to watch that <laughs> class. Uh, yeah, no, I guess that's exciting. I Russell Crowe is an actor. so <laughs> He certainly is, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, I, I will be interesting to see if they have other gods. I guess I didn't know there was going to be Greek mythology in this. That could be interesting. I didn't either. Is there... I'm, oh, I'm assuming there's been a Marvel run with Thor and the Greek gods, but... Probably. I, I just didn't think that was a big thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I guess it will be now, so... Yeah, I mean, I think even the Norse gods have appeared in DC before, because you can't really, like, copyright that stuff, so... <laughs> I think there has been, like, a Thor that has appeared in DC, but obviously just not the, the same one as Marvel. Um, well, in my opinion, yeah. it's about time we get Jesus in the MCU. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if Jesus is the... What if Satan's the next big bad? Who would you cast as Jesus in the MCU? Who would I cast as Jesus? Oh, I would have said Jake Gyllenhaal, but he is already... I guess that would be white Jesus. I don't know. Uh, Riz Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good one. <laughs> All right. I'll give Russell Crowe a... Uh, Brokosh or no, yeah, no like what's uh Russell no uh, what's his name dev patel easy uh is that his name the indian actor guy i think he'd be a good jesus who does he who does he play he's in lion and he's in uh i think he's the guy in uh slumdog millionaire oh okay maybe haven't seen either of those I think, well, just look up a picture of Deb Patel. I think he'd be a good, he's just a good looking Indian guy. I think would be a good okay. Jesus. He's a good actor. Okay. He's got I'll it all. I'll take your word. I'll take he your could word probably for walk it. on water. He could probably walk. Okay. Next piece of news. Oh, wait. Actually, we got our uh, next update for the Oscars. Uh, this one's very timely for us. Best adapted screenplay uh, went to The Father. Interesting. We ch- we just saw that, and that it was up against uh, One Night in Miami, The White Tiger, uh, Nomadland, and Borat Two. Cool. Borat's right. an adapted screenplay. There's a screenplay for I Borat. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that how it applies to adapted screenplay. I don't know. Anyway, bet, all right. Anyway, next piece of news. Uh, so, like. There's a ton of different Marvel series coming out on Disney+. Plus. One of them is Secret Invasion, which when we talked about it on the podcast, Secret Invasion, the storyline was like like scrolls invading Earth and like shape-shifting and no one knows who's a scroll and all of that kind of thing. The scrolls are good in this universe, so who knows how that's going to work out, but we'll see. Anyway, I just wanted to give background on that because I, I knew you wouldn't know what Secret Invasion was when I talked about it. <laughs> are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I know what Secret Invasion is. You do? Yeah. No, I actually know that. Holden, come on. Uh, Who do you think I am? I've actually (laughs) seen all those. I just have no no trust in you, I guess. Anyway, a couple of cast members announced for Secret Invasion. The first one that has been officially cast is Amelia Clark, who you know as Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Jimmy? You like... Amelia Clark, yeah, she's good. I, she's a yeah. good actress. She seems like a nice person. Yeah, she a um, scroll. I don't know. Hasn't uh, that's the thing. Neither of these people that I'm bringing up, they have not confirmed who they're playing. 
Um, but the other one, uh, which is also relevant to our, our reviews today, uh, Olivia Coleman, who we just saw in The Father, is in final negotiations uh, to be playing uh, someone in the Secret Invasion series as well. All right. Well, both of those people are, are good actresses, so I'll give that yeah. a Brokaw. Brokaw from me, too. Um, There was a new Sony deal this week. I think it was like last week or two weeks ago that we talked about how Sony movies are going to be coming onto Netflix now. But now they just made it a lot more complicated because um, so apparently after this new Netflix exclusivity window that we had talked about where the movies, the Sony movies and theaters will go to Netflix right away after that window has passed of like six months a year, however much that is. A lot of these Sony movies are now going to be going to Disney Plus. <laughs> oh, interesting. Um, yeah, uh, but what that does mean is Disney Plus is getting the Spider-Man films, which I like that because that means all of those are going to be in one place. So um, they are. So those old movies are going over there. That's confirmed, or just the new Spider-Man movies? Yeah, I think I think the old ones are going over there, from what I understood. Because um, starting well, what, does, in June, does No Way does No Way Home fit in that window though? What do you mean? Does well doesn't No Way Home fit in that twelve month window or whatever this deal is with Netflix? Oh, I don't know. I would well, think no, so. No way, yeah, No Way Home's coming out this year, so I guess it doesn't. So I don't know about that. But like, from what I understand, a bunch of library like older Sony titles are going to be going to those pla- to either Disney Plus or Hulu, starting as soon as June. So we might be getting like the existing Spider-Man films on Disney plus pretty soon. Yeah. I'd like to watch uh, far from home again before a uh, secret invasion comes out for secret invasion. You mean no way home? <laughs> no secret invasion. Why? Cause well, spoiler alert, but there's scrolls and oh. Spider-Man far from home. Oh, yeah, you're right at the end. Come on, Holden. Gee whiz. I know more about the MCU than you do. Apparently. I'm, and I just watched that recently, too. Wow. Sorry, I'm off my A game today, guys. Another it's round very... one, one best international <laughs> feature with Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, it did? Mm-hmm. Cool. I like Where that. Where have you been, Holden? Didn't you hear it? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. I had earplugs in. They were getting a little too rowdy back there. Um, okay, but beyond that, we have more Spider-Man related news. Uh, oh wait, I don't think nice. we gave that a. Uh, I'm gonna give that a, a Bergeron, I guess. Yes, I don't like Bergeron. that Disney is getting all of these, <laughs> all of these other companies' movies. Um, anyway, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse two. We got a trio of new directors uh, attached to it, which I didn't realize the first one was done by three directors as well. Because initially when I heard this, I was like, three directors, really? But yeah, three dire- uh, the first one had three directors. But they, we've got uh, Joaquim Dos Santos, um, who has previously directed episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender, Justice League Unlimited, a bunch of like popular, uh, well-received cartoons uh, in like the mid-2000s. Uh, Kemp Powers, who was one of the co-directors of Soul and was the writer on one of the writers on One Night in Miami. Um, and Justin K. Thompson, who was apparently one of the lead production designers on the first Spider-Verse movie. Um, Lord and Miller are still writing the story. I always forget that they weren't actually directing it. They just wrote it. So because I always consider that like a Lord and Miller movie. But yeah, 
So what do you think with that that crew, Jimmy, in their in their resume? Sounds good. Hold on, I'll give them a broca. I'll give it a broca as well. Although we could do better, obviously, but we're just busy obviously with this podcast. Could. Otherwise, we could. <laughs> um. So even though I feel like I've confirmed it several times, it was just officially confirmed that Michael Keaton is going to be in the Flash movie because like a month ago he said something in an interview like. I don't think I'm going to be in the Flash movie. What are you talking about? And then his talent agency just said, yeah, he's going to be in the Flash movie. <laughs> As <laughs> I don't blame you, Michael. I don't want to be in it either. <laughs> so he'll be playing the uh, the Tim Burton version of Bruce Wayne slash Batman. We'll see. I'm in whatever. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, uh, we just do not care about the Flash movie that much. No. Um, Bergeron. Bergeron. Uh, and then a uh, cool bit of news. Uh, we are getting a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie, Jimmy. <laughs> That's Bombadil. That sounds uh, It's being produced and starring Vin Diesel. Uh, it's Bombadil. going to be written by uh, Ryan Engel, who is a writer of the Dwayne Johnson hit Rampage. I'm a rock'em sock'em robot. I'm a rock'em and I'm gonna sock'em. The premise premise is that it follows a father and a son who form an unlikely bond with an advanced war machine. Hey son, you wanna bond with an advanced war machine? (laughs) (laughs) That's my Vin Diesel. (laughs) Vin Diesel, hey, man, sit back down. Sit back down. Settle down. You're not going to win anything tonight. <laughs> Just go over there and be bald. <laughs> it's kind of crazy Vin Diesel's here. It is. Aren't you supposed to be in space for F9? Yes, okay. I don't know what you said, but just go. Maybe he's drunk or something. I don't know. So you said uh, Brokaw for this one? What did I say? Hold on. What are we talking about? Uh, no, I said Bombadil. movie. <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya won Best Supporting call. Actor for playing Fred Oh, he Fred did. Hampton. I'll give that a broca. That gets a broca. He was very good in that. Wow, these are like, these results are coming out faster than I thought they would. Yeah. Lakeith Steinfeld was also cool. good in that movie. He was, yes. Um. Okay. Uh, my, my last piece of news is like a spoiler for something later on so i will get to it after we uh, we talk about that uh so that's it for tom's for me okay that was very cryptic i have no idea what holden's talking about uh but we'll uh i feel like there's some gaming stuff we didn't talk about i don't know uh, uh or some evil 4 vr there's resident like evil 4 ago, vr yeah but that looks I'm, I'm kind of excited for that uh, I'm not remembering. So apparently, uh, Returnal is people are liking Returnal. So we'll see okay. when the full reviews come out. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, that'll that's we'll wrap it up for Tom's. Yeah, on to the season slash series finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've we've been we've been pretty hard on this, uh, especially you. I've been I think I've been a bit more forgiving overall, but uh, notoriously. And uh, last week I ended asking or hoping that maybe this last one would bring it all together. Uh, 
Jimmy, do you think it brought it all together? It was fine. I don't know. It was entertaining. I thought it got a little preachy. I thought it was like, now I'm just doing my my speech. Falcon 2024. I mean, it wasn't like bad, but it was just like, okay. I actually... Oh, I actually didn't really like this episode. It might be my least favorite. I feel like it. It's just, I have a lot of gripes with it. I did. There is stuff I liked uh, too, but there's just some like weird things in here that I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand. I wasn't. I, I, I can't. I don't know. I was eating while I was watching this, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I was just confused. I'm like, why are there people in a helicopter and in? the trucks i i don't know if i just what did i miss something i just was very confused i want i do want to mention that because that was one of my things is there okay so sam's like going after one helicopter and then saves like some people out of that helicopter and it crashes and then he's just like a few minutes later chasing after another helicopter that also has people in it and the way it's edited, at least when I, the way I watch, when I was watching it, and I just rewatched it, and I I was still confused by it. Like it, to me, it I think it was supposed to be two separate helicopters, but it read like it was just an edit, editing mistake. Like they had the scenes out of order or something, and like there was only one helicopter because up until he's chasing that second helicopter trying to help those people, there's no indication that there were two separate helicopters. It was just, I was so confused by that continuity thing there. The only note I have written down is that I guess there's two helicopters. I don't even remember the second helicopter, but there's a helicopter crash and he like blocks it with his shield. I'm like, yeah, your shield is stronger than the helicopter material, but still the force, like you're still going to feel the force. It doesn't just Mm -hmm. absorb. So (laughs) you're still going to get crushed. Like the shield's not going to break, but the inertia (laughs) You are not stronger than the helicopter. The shield is. Yeah. So you would just been like he doesn't have like the a super little soldier serum. <laughs> you would have been flattened like a bug, and then also when that happens, people immediately get out of their cars and start clapping. And it's like a three second span from he's on this bridge or wherever. The helicopter crashes, goes over, and by the time that happens, the people have already stopped, gotten up out of the cars, everybody, and started like clapping for him i'm like what is these people are moving at super speeds here also just who would do that you're also just a helicopter just crashed in front of you you almost died how are you immediate responses i'm gonna immediately get out of this car and start clapping for this guy i think there's a little bit of a shock factor there also the captain falcon america costume i don't the 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 main the torso looks good and stuff or whatever but the i think the goggles look bad <laughs> the way it like wraps I, around the back of his head i think it looks bad oh i like my problem with it is i felt like i don't know it was like the shoulders and chest looked like way too puffed out like anthony mackie is, is he's like he's a pretty well-built guy he doesn't need like padding but it looks like they put in like way too much padding and it just like gives weird proportions to the rest of the costume that was the part i didn't like um but i don't even remember who lamar is but i just have lamar's life matters because like he's like oh you're saying lamar's life doesn't matter and he's he's a black guy so it's like 
Black Lives Matter. I don't know if that was intentional, but I thought it was. I don't think. I don't think. No, because that was. um, He said that in response to I think Carly saying, "I, I didn't mean to kill a nobody or something." Oh yeah, Lamar is the the friend. Yeah. 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 It was like, or I. Or his life didn't matter to me or something like that. And her justification was, oh, well, he's like not important to my cause or something. I don't know. He said, well, she literally said he doesn't matter. And he's like, yeah, Lamar doesn't matter. Lamar's he said Lamar's life doesn't matter. And I just I don't know if that was th- intentional think, or not. No, I, I just thought it was <laughs> whatever. If it was it intentional, way. it was very bad. Uh, very not nuanced. Um I'll give them the benefit of the doubt there. I interesting. I liked John Walker in this episode, how he's kind of redeemed, but then at the end, he's maybe a bad guy again. That seemed out of left field when he's just U.S. I, agent. I didn't like it. Like I, well, okay. I, maybe I don't have as much of a problem with him, but like everyone's just okay with him. Like Bucky's just like, oh yeah, this guy who went crazy and tried to kill us earlier. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> he's just here now let's uh let's work together um and there's like it, there's not even like any sort of distrust there or anything and i just i don't know it felt like it overall just felt a little rushed to me i i would have even liked to just see like a bit more turmoil on his end or anything because last episode he's just like he got fires and he's angry and everything and now he's just all of a sudden like being good it didn't feel like there was like a very smooth transition yeah it's there. like you know like you have different <laughs> dots on like a graph and it just feels like there's just boo, 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 boo. it's like just yeah. there's no like smoothing out of the the cur- there's like no curves to the storyline <laughs> like an arc you know like a story a, a character arc, arc. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a line it's a straight line uh, apparently the west side story debuted here because this i'm following a new york times feed and then the guy writing the new york times feed just said did that west side story trailer do it for anybody question mark which seems very <laughs> condescending <laughs> which Great. does not surprise me <laughs> um but uh we'll see we'll, we'll see what it looks like uh also the class um Sharon Carter's the power broker. Who saw that coming? What a what a surprise! <laughs> and the classic off-screen gunshot kills the bad guy. I'm so sick of that trope. I cannot <laughs> wait for that. Just well, it will always be a thing. Yeah, it's I not I hate it so much. Or like the stabbing, and then it's oh, it turns out it's so predictable. <laughs> it's never. It has not caught anybody by surprise in like a million years. So please stop doing it. We're asking filmmakers far and wide, stop using those tropes. Stop it and turn off clear motion smoothing on your TVs. I'm Tom Cruise. Top Gun's <laughs> going to come out in 2087. All right. Uh, uh, when he uh, picks up Carly and walks her out, I'm like, this is like an homage to the Death in the Family cover or whatever. With Batman yeah, I was like... Well, I was even thinking, and I, I know this is an homage to that. I was thinking the end of Batman Arkham City. Yeah, well, that's an homage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, an homage. But I'm just, like, not deserved. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> not as interesting, not as compelling. <laughs> I did. They also just, Carly Morgenthau is just even more of a villain now. 
she just progressively got more and more evil to the point where I just could not care less. And then, like, she's, like, evil. And then in the fight, Sam's like, I don't want to hurt you. <laughs> like, I don't want to fight you. Um, I, uh, I did watch the Jeremy Johns review of the final episode. And he was kind of talking about uh, Captain America, I guess. Is Sam, Sam Walker's speech. Or not Sam Walker. Sam. Sam Wilson. Sam Wilson his speech and like the use of labels and stuff and he said like that's a really important thing but also like they are terrorists because they did blow up (laughs) they did literally just (laughs) blew up a bunch of people and took hostages and we're gonna kill these like so are they not terrorists like they yeah like yes we need to understand where they're coming from but that doesn't not make them terrorists yeah yeah, I I don't know. I I just felt like a lot of the message that was gone that was like portrayed through that speech was just like it was so spelled out and like unnecessary because I feel like even if you didn't have that speech there, you could still gather those themes from the rest of the show. Well, that's the like, point, right? If it's well written, you don't need to have a, a big speech at the end about what it's all about. It's just really yeah. bad. It's just bad writing. Yeah. Um, like i think it's a fine speech itself it's just like it shouldn't be necessary no you should not have to to stand up and and tell you tell the audience what you're trying to convey yeah all right um that kind of although i think the thing that works the best for me is still this part that works the best for like the whole series which is the isaiah bradley i agree i was gonna say he is the strongest part of the series in my opinion yeah and Zemo and it's, it like, <laughs> getting yeah. people from yeah, the raft. <laughs> yeah, the the payoff for the Isaiah Bradley stuff in this episode was just like it was so good having the memorial. That did hit me. I was like, I was tearing up yeah. a little bit. I was like, this yeah. is nice. And see, that's like, I, I mean, we mentioned I think last time he appeared that like that's where the the themes about race have been the strongest, and they haven't like had to just spell it out for everyone. Like it's it's pretty clear what they're trying to say, and it's not just like beating you over the head with it by just having a speech (laughs) telling you how to feel and it also i mean conveys that two people can have very legitimate valid viewpoints on something and disagree and Mm -hmm. and, and you both you can both be right you know based on your experiences and you can you can understand one one another without agreeing with one another and respect each other's opinions um i yeah i do think um this episode i think after i watched it it, i did think a little bit more about how i did i don't love sam wilson in this show but i think his like turn to captain america actually was pretty good um i don't know that kind of i kind of won me over a little bit i mean it wasn't entirely what i was expecting going into the series so that helped a little bit but i think as the series went on that whole like little subplot won me over it works bit. because of isaiah bradley without isaiah bradley it does that's not true. work uh, and yeah. so i think i mean that's the most important important part of the show right you have to transition sam wilson from falcon to captain america and i think that overall they delivered there and you also need to bucky needs to kind of deal with his past and i don't i the payoff of that i don't think was i mean he went to the guy and told him what happened but that that's really he left a little gift bag for his therapist who i 
do not think was a good therapist. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, she didn't, you did this all pretty much on your own, Bucky. Or, I mean, Sam mm-hmm. helped you more than she did, really. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, I mean, overall, the, they delivered what they needed to. Now, was it a compelling show throughout? I would say no. I think the no. John Walker line fell flat when it could have been interesting. Carly Morgenthau was criminally just turned into a cartoon character when that yeah. could have been really interesting <laughs> and their cause was interesting and the whole idea of coming after coming out after the blip um could have been really interesting um so it's a shame i i, I overall i mean i i don't know do you want to say anything else before we give our ratings here um i did we i didn't really cover like any of the action set pieces i thought it <laughs> like there was a weird like disconnect between like I thought the Falcon action scenes with like the helicopter and stuff that and like even when he was fighting on the ground with his wings and everything that looked a lot better than whenever it was Bucky like it was like suddenly whenever they did the Bucky stuff then they made it a lot more like quick cut and incomprehensible I hate that I'm so done with the quick cut born series you know shutter like (laughs) fast shutter I'm just so done with that yeah that's so that's pretty much all i have oh uh another update on the oscars before we give our score (laughs) um best makeup and hairstyling went to ma rainey's black bottom as well as costume design so oh did it i didn't see that one come on holden you gotta just open your ears they're right here i mean they're just going (laughs) up and raking in the awards and you're just not paying attention uh all right holden overall i'll give the show a six out of ten yeah uh episode for me probably closer to a five five and a half but show as a whole yeah it's probably around a six yeah i'll go six which yeah i just some people really like this show and i don't get it because i just think it's very flat all around i mean i'm excited for loki because that looks like interesting yeah it looks you know (laughs) like it has an interesting plot (laughs) with compelling characters whereas uh i just sam wilson and the winter soldier aren't just they're not very like compelling i mean they they have some compelling elements to them but it's not like they're not inherently super interesting characters i don't think Mm -hmm. and that's why you needed like zemo to come along and then when it was like sharon carter i don't think sharon carter is inherently all that interesting either so yeah oh and i we didn't even mention that <laughs> the post credits scene was that Did the u.s agent one? no that was like she's she gets her pardon oh that was the post credit scene yeah Are she gets sure? a pardon and then she gets her a position offered back i i don't know where because i thought she worked for shield but i don't think shield exists anymore uh but she gets a government position again and then she's like guess what i have access to all of these weapons now he's she's on the phone like i can get you what you want i'm like okay so i guess she's just a villain now <laughs> okay i don't know i just hope they don't address that again <laughs> yeah just don't bring her back <laughs> i just don't find that character interesting uh all right olden on what do we want to do first sound of metal here let's do sound of metal yeah all right 
Okay, so now, Jimmy, we've seen every Best Picture nomination. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. And I think we've talked about them all on this podcast, as after this episode. I believe so. Um, so, yeah, uh, we this is the most well, well-versed well I've felt about the Oscars, just because I think last year I came close. I think maybe there was one or two movies I missed for Best Picture. But, um, yeah, this is the first time I've seen all of them. Exciting stuff. Very exciting. But the first one we have... I don't know, the two we hadn't seen is Sound of Metal. It's on Amazon Prime. You can go watch it right now if you have a subscription. Um, but it basically follows, I don't remember the main character's Ruben. name. Ruben. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because I was like, what a stupid name for a metal drummer. <laughs> um, but uh, Ruben, he is a heavy metal drummer. He's uh goes on tour with his girlfriend, whose name I also can't remember. Can't remember her name. Okay. Anyway, uh, goes on tour with her, and uh, they kind of live out of their van. They're not, like, super successful, but they do have, like, a tour, and so they they do make enough money, you know, live and travel around, and they seem to enjoy themselves. Um, But uh, Ruben starts losing his hearing. It doesn't Uh, even... He just loses it, like, all of a sudden. Yeah, he loses it um, due to, like, his... Be, being around loud noises all the time he's crashing on drums and he's just in these loud environments when he plays gigs so um yeah that's kind of the movie it's him dealing with that his girlfriend's name is lou oh yeah lou okay um so i i liked this movie quite a bit um i watched it with my girlfriend who is an asl interpreter and so i got some extra context based on that i actually like all of the scenes where it was entirely in sign language and there were no subtitles she just translated it for me oh nice (laughs) so i actually uh, so i know uh what they were saying in each of those scenes i you know maybe i shouldn't have done that because maybe it would have been more part of the experience to not know that but um it definitely added an extra layer of context. Um, what do you think, Jimmy, though? I like this movie. It was not what I expected it to be, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I expected it to be, but it, it was not this. It was an interesting human story, you know, and I I like how it was like, is deafness actually a, a disability or is it, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, is being deaf a disability? Like, you can't hear, but does that... No. That, you know, how does that... How do you handle that? Like, what? how you respond to that uh, is really interesting. And, and what this... You know, where the story goes... I don't want to spoil anything, but where the story goes is... I think it goes in an interesting direction that... Uh, that is... That is um, fun to watch... Not fun to watch, but just interesting to watch. And... Uh, it's <laughs> both the movies today we're watching it's like you really are in this character's shoes of you know mm-hmm. this they're going through something that is very difficult and yeah and you really experience these things along with them and they they do a really good job at portraying the not being able to hear because you are in uh ruben stone's shoes uh played by riz yeah. Ahmed, who does a really good job by the way the, yeah, all um, the actors are are excellent in this movie, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I mentioned I won't get I obviously won't get into the father yet, but after the father, I t- I told Jimmy I'm like, geez, both of these movies just made me like 
super uncomfortable because all the things that happen in both movies I'm like geez I don't know like how I could live with that um me I mean music is like so important to me and and Jimmy I know as well and it just suck to not be able to deal with any of that and I mean like that's like part of the whole point of this movie is like music is literally Ruben's like entire life like aside from his girlfriend that's like what he has and so him like learning to cope with not being able to hear that it's very uh it's not something I'd want to go through let's just say that no it's it's a little hard to watch but um Mm -hmm. yeah that's the ups and downs the roller coaster of this story and his emotions you really feel for him and I, it, it kind of goes to like the, the idea of like just fix it fix it like mm-hmm. you know here I have this thing okay what can we do to fix it it's like the initial thing rather than okay I have this uh, it's probably not going to go away how do I make the most of my life now and and the, is this like how actually a bad thing it? is this actually a bad thing or could this be a good thing for me and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to say anything else because I, I really want the experience to be unadulterated for the for those who are watching it. Um, I kind of well, I, I do enjoy. I don't. It. I don't think it's a spoiler to talk about the sound design. Really, like I don't no. need to get into the specifics, but like the sound design of this movie is so like it's so focused on like part of the time you are experiencing exactly like what Ruben is experiencing. So there's certain scenes where you can't hear other people like what they're saying or it's very muffled there's certain scenes where uh, well as i mentioned before it's entirely in sign language and so and like ruben doesn't know sign language so like in so you as the viewer unless you're like my and you're like my girlfriend you don't actually know sign language and so you're kind of in the same boat as him um, and other times it's just like completely silent. Other times it's like weirdly noisy all the way. The like you're experiencing the sound exactly how he is. And there's certainly parts that don't do that. that are kind of more of a breath of like relief. Like, like just a break, from, like a break. Yeah, the whole movie is not that. like that. So if that kind of is turning you off, the whole movie's not like that. It's just yeah. in, in very intentional chunks. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, it's so cool. And I, I mean, hundred percent, I think it has to win the sound award. Oh, I think the so. Oscars. Yeah. Like, like I, it, there's never been a better lock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if it doesn't win, that's going to be, well, that the sound awards, like it's combined now, right? There's yeah. only one. Okay. Best sound. Um, yeah. It's, it has to win. I don't see any other movie that could possibly compete with it. A nursing home just won an Oscar, apparently. Don't know what that's about. What? <laughs> I don't know. Is it a documentary? Short film? I don't know. It just says, yes, a nursing home just won an Oscar. That's <laughs> <laughs> a picture of a nursing I do- home. I don't uh, I don't see, unless they're, they're talking about the father. <laughs> it doesn't look like it's from the father. No, I don't. I don't see it. Whatever. Yes. Nursing home just won an Oscar. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. Oh, the uh, uh, <laughs> this is off t- off topic, but the um, costume designer for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom just tied for the record for oldest Oscar winner ever. She's eighty nine years old. Eighty nine. Wow. You bet. Do you think we'll win an Oscar by then? 
I hope so. <laughs> no, more, well, then more we're, we're not, ma- not we're not mainstream enough to win an Oscar. We live on the fringes yeah. of the film. Maybe we'll world. win a BAFTA or something. Or a Razzie. Are we <laughs> yeah, more likely to win a Razzie like, or an Oscar, Holden? <laughs> I feel like well, that's like that's actually a good question because Razzies usually do like more mainstream movies. So I feel like maybe we wouldn't even have a shot at a Razzie even if we tried. But we could, we could we show. could accidentally win like best documentary short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sound of metal. It's good. Uh, I don't know if I have a lot to add. I think the acting's really good. The sound design is incredible. It's it's very well written, well told. It's a human story. It may, it makes you empathize with Ruben as a character, which is the most in, important parts of the movie. That the crux of that, mm-hmm. and it and it succeeds there so i i think i'm ready to give my rating unless you have anything else to add um i'll probably mention it a bit more in spoilers but i loved lou a lot too Mm -hmm. like like she's she doesn't have like actually that much dialogue there's so much that she does that she's just like you can tell when she's like thinking like going through all of the possible options especially at the beginning of the movie she's just like she's devastated by what's happening but like in a completely different way and she's just like trying to figure things out from a more rational perspective but uh, yeah i think olivia cook plays that character she's very good yeah all right i'm gonna Um, give i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten uh yeah i'll yeah i'll give it a nine out of ten as well Uh, i think uh, just adding to another solid lineup of best picture nominees this year Mm mm-hmm yeah I agree. All right, on to spoilers. Well, Holden, I would definitely recommend this movie. Wow. Is that a good one? Is that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. It's <laughs> I bet Mariah's like listening to this and just is like shaking her head. Like whatever um anyway sound of metal has has more than one meaning am i right <laughs> it's got uh, the, uh, yeah. the, the meaning of the music but also the cochlear implants Mm-hmm. yeah those sounded terrible boy when he yeah. when he's like walking on the streets like yeah it sounds like a horror movie honestly i'm like it's, wow Oof. Yeah, uh, Mariah was telling me that like people with cochlear implants can get like very over like like stimulus get like overloaded by the various like sen- sensory overload. That's what I'm trying to think of the word. But they can they can get that a lot just because there's like cochlear implants. They don't have like you, it's harder to tell like when things are far away or when they're closer. It's just like noise. So. Yeah, yeah, those are. It's, it was very effective going from this the the droning of the of the deafness to mm-hmm. how just awful that sounded. I cannot yeah. imagine, and just how bad voices sounded. It's it's so like I, like cochlear implants. It's weird because I mean, obviously, I've I've not in a position of like having hearing loss. Although I might, my dad's side has a. <laughs> as a strong history of hearing loss so that may happen eventually um but it it's it's like 
there's this whole dilemma of like yeah cochlear implants you can like actually hear things you could like be able to tell what people are saying and stuff but apparently like once that happens you lose like all residual hearing that you had before which is like why as soon as Riz Ahmed or Ruben has that surgery like everything's just silent until he puts the cochlear implants in there's not even like the muffled stuff so like if you take out your cochlear implants like you can take them on and off but if you take them out there's absolutely like nothing just blank mm-hmm. uh this i mean that's just like such a I don't know, punch to the gut when he goes and gets them and then just that's what you know he spent all this time working towards that mm-hmm. he basically betrays his mentor figure um Joe, I think is his name. Yeah, maybe. Joe. Um, right. I, I like Joe. But he, yeah, Joe's great. He uh, fun. So did a little bit of research on him because he looked familiar, but I don't. I don't think he's actually been in anything I've seen before. But he's he was cast. He actually grew up in a family. Uh, both of his parents were uh, deaf, I believe. Uh, so he's he is fluent in sign language. But he himself is not deaf. Um, I just, I liked his, like, you know, he's the, the mentor figure who's gives him structure and very, you know, rules and think about this. He pushes him. He's like, oh, this is all BS and all that. And, you know, you can understand why Ruben's frustrated and, and then how they kind of grow together. And I just like how he, how he, how he views deafness as not a disability. It's just like, this is just something we have and now we have this community and and look what that's done for us and and look at all the what we have and how we can make the world a better place and Ruben seems to get it and then he just doesn't then he just like relapses into this idea of I want to be a musician or you know he's just so attached to that idea and see the the use of the word the use of the word relapse is interesting there just because i mean he is a former addict and like this whole place kind of portray the place he's staying at kind of portrays itself as like a rehab center but i feel like beyond just being like a drug addict and everything it's also a treatment center for you to like one to learn that to not see being deaf as a disability but more of like a community and like just a different way of living and so yeah him relapsing is him like oh i don't want to do this i want to be able to hear whatever i possibly can like i, I don't want to lose music in the way that i know it which is interesting because um, he never he never they they like tease it but he never really relapses into drugs i remember no him. yeah like he smokes a couple cigarettes but like that's it and mm-hmm. and so they kind of you know kind of put that as like maybe he's gonna relapse into his these hardcore drugs they did but he doesn't he just can't control himself from wanting music which you can understand like you feel for him it's not like uh some rash decision a character makes in the third act just to push the plot no it's like you really feel his struggle and And it's just it it's it's depressing watching him sell all of his stuff to do it too like he's literally he's he is literally giving up everything to just get this one last shot at hearing something and the gut punch of just hearing through the the implants for the first time is just oof mm-hmm. and then the i th- i don't it was just very jarring when he goes to see Lou again um 
and she's like refined and speaking French and has a haircut. Yeah. And you're like, wow, <laughs> this is a different uh, context. I think we, uh, you kind of get lost in, uh, in how long it's been really. It's, it's not entirely clear how long this movie spans, but like, I don't think it's really clear until that point that it has been a long time. And Lou is like moved on in, in a sense to other things in France become seemingly much healthier and like in the process. Yeah. I mean, you see like earlier on, they don't really touch on it, but she's got like cuts on her arm and stuff that you can see early on in the film. Well, I think, and- I think that's the, the scratching. I think that's what, he mentions that she scratches herself when she gets anxious. Oh, I I looked like knife cuts to me from. That's what I thought too. But then when he, I think he, she scratched herself at one point and it left a mark. So I was wondering, oh, maybe that's what that is. But maybe. could be wrong. Uh, not to just completely end our discussion, but Chloe Chloe Tao did win Best Director, which is exciting. I think well deserved. Oh yeah. Um, good for her. They're going. Oscars are playing out pretty predictably i think to what people were expecting yeah. which i think is good because i i think these are so far they've really they've i think they've been right on for each one um but yeah the other thing i want to mention is i really like how lou how supportive lou is like it seems like lou really takes all the right steps like you need to do this she's being supportive she's mm-hmm. not abandoning him she is like with him the whole time in terms of writing to him and and supporting him and and trying to figure out what's best for Ruben. Yeah, and she makes the tough call of deciding to leave him because she knows that like if he's if she stays with him then that's then that's just an option for him is to just stay with her. And so if she takes herself out of the equation then he basically has to like go back to that deaf community. Yeah. Um so I did I really appreciate that. I I loved it him being in the classroom with the kids and and those scenes and his chemistry and you know him just having fun and and like rediscovering mm-hmm. joy um teaching or like like teaching music teaching rhythm yep. to those kids that was good the scene on the slide where he's like he's drumming on the slide was cool yeah so yeah i mean uh uh, kind of rough ending i guess like not really the happiest ending but um, no it's bittersweet it's it is kind of heartbreaking because i mean it's like it's strange because i mean we mentioned the cochlear implants those those do not end up how he wanted them to and then the other thing he like had going for in his life was lou and like he just kind of discovers that Lou doesn't really want to do what he wants to do anymore and she's kind of like moved on like she still loves him and everything and I'm like but he's just it's kind of it's kind of sad he kind of like loses everything but kind of gains something at the same time by learning this just uh, appreciation for silence which is uh, obviously represented by the ending yeah and he i mean joe foreshadows that you know you find the quiet time where you can just sit yeah be silence. still uh sound of metal did win sound holman it's official oh it did so nice we dragged on this review just long enough <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i a good great movie um definitely worth watching i mean you've watched it now veer and spoilers so good job way to go watching this yeah um hope you liked it 
and I, I I know I keep bringing up my my girlfriend and her thoughts, but she said uh, she seemed to think that the uh, ASL pr- represented in this movie was really good and far better than it is in most other movies. So nice, cool. All right, well then, should we go on to Jafaja? Jafaja, as yeah. as a gold member would say, Jafaja. <laughs> I know we're in the father review now, but I just wanted to point out that that was the first time we've ever reviewed a movie that was a non-Oscar winner and then turned into an Oscar winner in the we, same review. They heard our review, Olden. Yeah. And even though they had mm-hmm. already voted, it changed the outcome. It did. Because obviously there was no way Sound of Metal was going to win Best Sound before we <laughs> reviewed it. So they heard us from here to the stage. They quickly swapped out the envelopes. They're like, come on, come on. We got to switch. <laughs> Um, so did you hear yeah. what Tom said? <laughs> uh, all right, The Father, starring Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is uh, the father of Olivia Coleman's character, mm-hmm. whose name I do not remember. Anne. Anne. And he's Anthony. Anthony. He plays Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Anthony Evans. I think is his name in the movie. And Maybe. you really get to experience, I, I don't know if it's Alzheimer's or dementia, memory loss from his perspective. You are seeing this movie from his perspective. It is very uniquely told. I mean, it's like memento, but a drama and way less fun to watch. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, like <laughs> intentionally. Yeah, this, uh, this movie kind of destroyed me. <laughs> <laughs> a bit uh jimmy and i watched this uh earlier today uh because it was the only time this was showing like in town because uh, in town they were showing like all of the best picture nominees some they were showing more than others i assume they were showing the ones they figured would be more successful more often but this one only had one showing today um and yeah so we went and I yeah it it just kind of destroyed me it is as Jimmy said a visual representation of I think it is Alzheimer's I'm pulling up the Wikipedia page right now to double check but memory loss um and I think something I I feel like this won't be the only comparison I make between this and Sound of Metal maybe it will be but like what these movies both get right is just portraying these things in like a very realistic and understandable manner and in both cases from what I understand like the way that hearing loss like it feels to you and how you hear that and then in this case Alzheimer's like this is about as a realistic interpretation that we can like possibly understand obviously like that's like it's hard for us to understand anything like like Alzheimer's but this might be as close as we get without experiencing it ourselves yeah it's this movie's hard to watch it's just <laughs> very depressing uh a little hopeless oh, okay it is it's just it they just say dementia so i guess i'll just say dementia wow so it's just dementia jeez anthony hopkins why are you making dementia. such a big deal about it huh? <laughs> um that was that was a joke dementia is very serious Holden's yeah. the one who said just dementia, just to set the record straight, right? Well, 
all, doesn't Alzheimer's like doesn't that include dementia and other things? That's why I said that. Well, then I don't remember. <laughs> uh yikes. Um, so this movie very very good. I mean, you feel confused because you are confused. This movie's told very non-linearly. They'll just switch mm-hmm. out actors, and you're like, "I'm your daughter, remember?" And it's just a different actress. And yeah, it the way the way the movie like transitions into this idea because i mean it's like a the kind of cold open is about i want to say it's like gotta be close to 10 minutes long this opening conversation and then it transitions into oh this is about dementia because i had forgotten that when we went to see it um Mm -hmm. because it almost like feels like it's turning into a horror movie interestingly (laughs) enough like it um, it does like you hear sounds from the other room then like you you weren't sure you, like in the previous scene when they were in that room there was nothing there and then all of a sudden you hear a noise and he goes in and there's someone there like it's just the editing is done so to make it like you con- you're constantly on your toes basically and yeah yeah, I mean, it, it's just like a, a movie that it's hard to watch because you don't feel good watching it. Like, it, you're you're disoriented, you're unhappy, you're kind of, I don't know, you're flustered. It's You feel yeah. like Anthony Hopkins' character, Anthony Evans, in the movie, yeah. and that's the point. It's very effective. Well, and, and like watching it, all I, all I could think of is like, well, I know this is a movie, so that lends like a, a sense, like, I know it's a movie, so it's not going to bother me as much. But like, if this was actually happening to me, like this stuff, and like, I, it was just real life, it would, that, that would mess with me. Like, I mean, obviously it would, but it's just like insane. I don't know. I don't know how, like a better way to describe it. It's, it would just be terrifying i think that's represented in the movie of like his reactions to certain things it's just like frustrating terrifying sad and he kind of goes through all of that it's i don't know man it this is movie made me feel like every possible emotion i think <laughs> it is very hard to watch um it's effective it's hard to watch it's if you're looking for a kind of a lighter movie or something that's just not going to destroy you emotionally this is not it (laughs) um like i said it's memento but not fun to watch so uh it's memento if it was about about an old guy like slowly dying yeah um and the i mean it's called the father because the father daughter dynamic is it has an integral role to the plot Mm-hmm. And you really feel devastated for the daughter as as well, and the situation yeah. of, of Olivia Coleman, who we mentioned earlier. But yeah, anything else you really want to throw on top of this review pile, Holden? Before we give our ratings. No, I just i I mentioned I do. Th- I think for me, I know maybe you feel differently. I think Anthony Hopkins is the most deserving of best actor just in terms of performance. Like for me, I think this is maybe the best performance of the year. It's just like, I I don't, I mean, he's like a great actor and we all know that, but he, he truly, it feels like he has dementia. Like I, I don't know a better way to describe it. I think that's just a sign of a good performance in this kind of sense. Like I, 
I could I could see past it being Anthony Hopkins, and it just seemed like an old man like suffering through dementia. We did make um, a joke afterwards that they were just recording it. it <laughs> A yeah, senile Anthony yeah, Hopkins he's on set. <laughs> but yeah, what am I doing here? <laughs> but I mean, that's just how like natural it was. He's like he's so good in this, and he, he is like a theatrical actor. This is based on a play, and so I don't, I didn't actually look up to see like if he was if he started in the play that this is based on. It wouldn't surprise me though, because this seems like he's very comfortable like in this role. It's very, yeah. Um, I would say maybe overall, since he's got more screen time, I think probably uh, it might be close. Uh, he, oh, he definitely has. If you're comparing it to Chadwick Boseman, he definitely has more screen time than that. I do think the heights of Chadwick Boseman's performance are higher. So I, I mean, it could. It's going to go to Bozeman, I think. I mean, we have yeah. direct influence, Holden. If we wanted to change we it, we could. <laughs> I think it'll go to Chadwick Bozeman. Um, maybe more for like a Lifetime Achievement Award almost, you know, because he has not been super recognized for his other roles. Mm-hmm. He's been a, a really good actor for a while. Um, so I think it will go Bozeman. Uh, and for his, the peaks of his performance, I think again are higher. But overall, it was it was a very very good performance by Anthony Hopkins. I mean, <laughs> surprise surprise, it's Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> Why is he in a Transformers movie? <laughs> uh, all right, hold on. Uh, rating time. Sure. I'm gonna go um, another nine out of ten. I feel like maybe nine and a half for me. I really. Okay. I think any like maybe the only grievance I have at all is that like for maybe 10 minutes of it, it feels a little repetitive, but even then it's not like boring or anything. Like, I don't know. That would be my only gripe, but it's not entirely a gripe even. So nine and a half. There we go. I mean, it's adapted for something, but for me, I would, I like the Minari of approach where it's like really funny and also can be really sad. I, I think a little bit more levity, a little bit more likability to Anthony Hopkins' character. Not that characters need to be likable, but like if we get a sense of who he was or who he is, you know, just you know what I'm saying. So it's just a little bit more mm-hmm. heartbreaking or something. Because I mean, he's kind of a <laughs> kind of a jerk throughout the whole thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, yeah. I th- you mean Anthony Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he is, but I think it's like kind of understandable for me. I do think it's I do think it's understandable, but I'm like I think it would be even more devastating if we had a glimpse of who he actually was as a person. And I mean, to be fair, to be fair, it doesn't seem like he was the greatest person beforehand. And Mm -hmm. I think it just I think the movie would have been more effective had that been the case. Had we had more laughs. Had we had more of this connection rather than just downright depressing the whole time. Now there is a couple times where there's like a chuckle. There's some two. good laughs. Like but I said, it's not, I think this it doesn't reach the same heights as Minari for me. Yeah, no, it's not as funny as Minari or anything like that. And maybe I think that I'm that's a personal preference sort of thing. I think more than anything, for me it would have been more effective had it been like that. Personally, I think I. 
I think I'm inclined to say this. I like this. Well, I'm not sure if I say I like this more. I think I'm inclined to say this is a better movie, or I think this is a better movie than Minari. I probably enjoy Minari more, but I just think like it's like especially just like the editing in this movie and the way they they just they <laughs> portrayed this dementia. I think it's yeah. Props to the whoever edited this movie because I would have gone absolutely insane. I told Holden that immediately <laughs> when we left the theater. I was like, I cannot imagine editing this movie because it's just so all over the place and somewhat repetitive and just slightly different. And cer- certain transitions like have to be seamless. And they did a really nice job. I don't. Is it up for best editing? I don't even know. I don't know. Let me look. Um, but uh, anything else to say, or should we just go on to Spoil Town here? Let's go on to Spoil Town. Time to spoil Jafasha. all right holden spoil time for the father so he's got dementia uh the (laughs) yeah he does (laughs) yeah the father is up for best film editing um, so is the trial of the Chicago Seven? Are you kidding me? What? Okay, never mind. Let's keep going. <laughs> that movie was well edited, I think. Well, I mean, it was like, like well edited, but nothing like cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, Olin. Um, yeah, I wonder if the father's the favorite there, or what is whatever it is. I don't know. Um, I feel like all the other Nomadland, maybe. Pretty, yeah, um, it's on there. It was pretty well edited. Uh, let's see. So I really felt bad for the daughter, and um, especially mm-hmm. because all Anthony Hopkins does is not appreciate what he what she does for him. I, there's one moment where she's like, "Thank you so much. Like I'm blessed to have you as a daughter, or whatever." But the yeah. rest of it, he's like, "My other daughter is so much better. I wish I could see my other daughter, who's also died in a car crash Dead. or something." Yeah. So that just reminds her of this pain. And also, I'm not as good as the other daughter. And I'm sacrificing a lot of things in my life for you right now. Um, and she's also dating that James guy or Paul or whatever his name was, Paul. who was just a jerk. Yeah, what an ass. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did not like that guy. Um, and I... Okay, do you think he was actually hitting Anthony Hopkins? I was very confused. I don't know. I I was really having a hard time figuring that one out. Because, like, I mean, I could see it being real. A live-action short film came out, but I don't know what it is, so. <laughs> There's <laughs> been a couple that came out. That, the, some of the okay. smaller awards. Sorry, not um, to diminish these people's accomplishments. Yes. If anything um, happens, I love you. Animated short. And then the other one was Two Distant Two Strangers, Strangers live action short. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, I don't because, okay, so the husband is a jerk, but I don't know. It never felt to me like he would get physically abusive. I mean, I, you know, I, that doesn't mean he wouldn't. So I, I wonder if that was all just in his mind because that whole confrontation, even though the husband is a jerk, almost seemed a little out of character but he also had been drinking a little bit so i don't know i don't know i mean he's also in the room when she comes in the room so it's like i was kind of expecting him not to be there but he is so i don't know yeah 
Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess that confusion is just part of part of the experience. We aren't supposed to know. It is. It's really hard to tell what is happening when until mm. kind of things are pieced together later on. And still, I don't think it have it quite in order in my head. I got a headache from this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot for my <laughs> tiny brain to take in. Hold on. Like, am I watching Dunkirk here? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> So, um, Westworld. Yeah. Westworld. Also with Anthony Hopkins. Um, oh yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so the other, the the nurse at the end of the movie, I think her the actress's name is Olivia Williams. I was like trying to figure out what I recognized her from, and she's in the Wes and she's one of the main characters in the Wes Anderson movie Rushmore, which is very very good. And I, but it's also like twenty years old, so. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, cool. She was good. I thought like they, those two, like Olivia Coleman and her, like especially like when they were supposed to be the same character. I thought they did a pretty good job of like playing the same character, like bringing the the mannerisms and whatnot from Olivia Coleman over to Olivia Williams. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh yeah i mean just the the sense of time was got me i'm like what like when are we like when is this yeah. when is that it kept jump like it wasn't the same day and it was just like man i cannot imagine living life like this just mm-hmm. so confused um like i said the filmmaking was done to just such a great effect so i i think it's it's very well done it's very effective very well acted and um i don't know how much i would recommend it to people just because it's hard to watch it's not like i'm like oh everybody needs to see this but i think i don't know i think if you know someone who is experiencing this right now i think it'd be very beneficial maybe to understand definitely well um someone that we watch on youtube chris stuckman it was his favorite movie of the year but that's partially because he like has gone like he's had family members that have gone through this so he's like this is how it is and it was just it it was in a way a bit therapeutic for him to like see it represented on screen and whatnot so i think like yeah if you've ever experienced this like it's probably going to be hard for you to watch but it would probably also just be helpful for you to watch and understand a bit more of of what they've gone through yeah a little little bit more empathy never never hurt anybody Mm -hmm. um um yeah, I don't. I don't have a ton left to add other than just it's. I mean, it's just so sad when he's breaking down at the end and he wants that his en- mom. Oh, that ending and scene. Like, oh my god, tore me up, man. I came close to crying in the theater. <laughs> I I was like, oh man, Jimmy's gonna see me cry in the theater for the first time. Here we go. Well, then I probably I cry actually. every other movie we go to. <laughs> you just probably don't bother to look over. I'm a movie crier. <laughs> Yeah, but I yeah, it came so close and it's oh my god. Devastating. I I don't know. <laughs> I keep using just, the word devastating, but that is you really just You just see a the, man break down completely. Yeah. And you're just like I'm just like I just hope he dies, you know, to honestly, you know, yeah, for his sake. Like it's like, oh my gosh, it's like should euthanasia be a thing? <laughs> you know, like seriously, well, yeah, it's, it's like this I guy's mean, quality of life is so terrible. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I think it's it's almost just as tragic that he can't, like, remember that his other daughter has died. And so, like, when that gets, like, briefly brought up by uh, the, the nurse, like, she quickly, like, dismisses it because she realizes that he doesn't remember. But I'm like, he's just constantly living in, like, oh, she just doesn't visit me or she just doesn't, she's, like, too busy. He just can't remember that. Yeah, well, he can't even remember, like, who the nurses are. Or the, like, he doesn't mm-hmm. remember anybody visiting. He doesn't remember where he is. I mean, it just gets can't worse throughout the where he put his watch. Too. Yeah. Oh, that, um, that's something I want to mention, is there were a couple times in this movie, and I don't know if, like, this set just says something about my, me or, like, the way old people are t- are like sometimes represented in media but i thought he was gonna get violent a couple different times i i like when he was like one like asking the husband about the watch there was like i don't know if it was intentional or not but the way that the 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 scene was set up there were like plenty of things he could have grabbed to hit him with like around him and i'm just sitting there like oh my god he's gonna like grab a bottle and hit him with it or something it's gonna get violent and dramatic and it's gonna be really sad it never no. happens i think you just play too many violent video games no. your <laughs> mind is rotten no i i didn't necessarily think that um i did like the scene though where he's like where'd you get that watch i mean did you yeah. buy it did you get it as a gift uh, where'd you get it huh um just because he's obviously insinuating that he stole it from him <laughs> i do like it when he makes his elephant noises and he tap dances and like those yeah, little brief okay. moments. every time he brings up france he's like they don't even speak english in france it's that's an that's another interesting thing is like this this examines so many aspects of dementia but it also like isn't like afraid to say that sometimes it can be funny like uh, from an outside perspective if like they say something just kind of out of character you might laugh at it so like yeah yes and i there were definitely funny parts in this movie based on his dementia and i fully intentional yeah i'm a tap dancer (laughs) (laughs) i used to be part of the circus or whatever he's saying um yeah, just like the, spending the first 40 minutes of the movie being like, is this his flat? Is he just doesn't want to leave his home? I always I was wondering be, what his wife was like. I think that might be the most confusing part is honestly just the setting. Because, like, I mean, I don't know if his flat and his daughter's flat do look that similar. But regardless, like... It, it just basically looks like one place he's in the other time like the entire time and then the character will mention oh this is your flat oh this is my flat or whatever well i think that's just the distortion of his memories in his mind like oh this mm-hmm. is what my flat looked like i've been living in this flat forever here's the picture yeah. but then those memories now that he's in this new place they change the setting in his memory and he's like well this is still my flat though and all yeah that. and it just again adds to that it was really effective filmmaking that's all i got holden that's all i got anything else yeah i think that's it i'll probably never watch this movie again (laughs) probably not unless i you know someone close to me has dementia i need some catharsis or something yeah soul one best animated feature surprise surprise all right wow what a surprise what 
are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Um, so in preparation for next week's movie, Mortal Kombat, um, I watched both 90s Mortal Kombat films. What? Why would you do that to yourself? I, uh, well, okay, so they're both, I think they're both on HBO Max now. Um, I was just like, you know, I, I, I was intrigued. I was, you know, I've been kind of excited for this new Mortal Kombat movie just because I thought the trailer looked kind of good and whatever. And I was like, all right, I've heard these 90s movies are like cheesy, but like funny cheesy. So let me watch them. And they were pretty funny. I, what I was surprised is the first movie has like genuinely like great fight choreography like it's straight up just like martial arts and it's not like quick cuts or anything this is the same guy who directed monster hunter which i would not have guessed because it's like like comparatively a much more competently directed film than that um but it's like the acting is like very very poor the (laughs) the script is really bad the effects are awful actually the the lead character who plays the character Liu Kang he's okay I he was probably like the one saving grace in terms of like the acting but the rest of them were either just like awful or like funny bad like (laughs) they're so bad they're funny there's some like famous lines and like uh in it um and then the second one is just up hot garbage fire it's so bad it had a two percent on rotten tomatoes as opposed to a cool garbage fire (laughs) yeah as opposed to a cool garbage fire but it it's so bad i mean it was still kind of like so bad it's it's like funny they recast like everyone aside from the main character like everyone's just recast it does take place immediately after the first one so it's not even like a soft reboot it is just a sequel with an entirely new cast and stuff it is it's bad also it has like a way higher budget yet it looks like it was made for half the budget of the first one and <laughs> i don't know it's it, if you're ever looking for just like a so bad it's good movie these are these are these aren't bad options um and then i did watch the new one we'll, we'll review it next week so i won't get too into it it's the best one but that doesn't necessarily mean it's it's that good <laughs> can't wait holden what a glowing yeah. review um last night i watched a movie from last year that i had forgotten about but i thought that i thought the trailer looked cool uh spontaneous i Um, don't know that one it's a so it's like a high school coming of age movie which like you know whatever but the whole concept is like people at this high school like just start randomly exploding (laughs) just like it's spontaneous combusting yeah exactly like this one uh the main character sitting in class and like within the first five minutes like the the girl in front of her just explodes just out of nowhere and it doesn't like hurt anyone around her it's just like basically disintegrates (laughs) like and it's just like wild and so the whole movie is it's like a you know high school movie revolving around that like this whole like sci-fi weird thing that's happening and it was like really good i felt like the themes of the movie really resonated with me like i it was in some ways like thematically similar to nomadland hmm. 
uh, or some of the themes in Nomadland, I should say. Um, obviously, not all of them. It's not like, it's not like that type of movie, but um, it was it very much just like reached me, and I was I was weirdly emotionally moved by it by the end of it. And the lead, the main like couple in it has great chemistry, and I really thought they were just like very entertaining characters. Some great editing choices. I I was like I don't know why this didn't get more attention because it looked like it had gotten great reviews and i liked it a lot it was it's free on amazon prime so if you if any of you out there are interested there you go um and then the only other movie i watched this week was i watched a martin scorsese movie uh called after hours i have not heard of that one it's from 1985 um and it is 100%. Have you watched Good Time? And I have not watched Good Time. Okay. Regardless, it, it this movie has to be like a huge influence on the Safdie brothers because it feels it feels like very much an early version of Good Time or Uncut Gems, which <laughs> like you is, did not like Good Time. I didn't like Good Time that much. I probably liked this movie more than I liked Good Time, but I also know I'm in the minority of not liking Good Time. So, um, but this movie is like, like okay time. <laughs> uh, it's like 90 minutes. It's a black comedy where it's all takes place in one night, and it's basically this guy who goes out late, meets up with a girl, and goes back to her apartment or whatever, and he's like trying to make his way back to his apartment in New York. But like all of these bad things just keep happening to him. So like he like he like one thing leads to another and he just cannot for the life of him get back home. <laughs> it is funny, but it's also just like intensely stressful. Like it made me think like, wow, I am glad I do not live in a big city because I know like most of these things would never happen. But it just makes me like I would not it, navigating that. Don't want to deal with that. <laughs> but um yeah i really recommend it i think it's being removed off of hbo max at the end of the month which is why i watched it um then yeah beyond that i really haven't done a lot i was i spent a lot of this week uh filming the uh musical here at augustana so uh yeah that was what i spent a lot of my evenings doing yeah Nice. Hold what about on. you, Jimmy? What have you been doing? All right. Uh, so last night, I kind of spontaneously double featured. <laughs> Spontaneous. <laughs> I almost made it through the whole double feature, which I was very surprised about because um, I never really sit down and watch more than w- one movie at a time. I hardly have ever done that. Um, but I just was like, I just kind of want to watch Inf- Infinity War right now. Okay. So I I hadn't seen it since you know the week of the uh, Endgame coming out. Um. So I watched it. Still probably my favorite MCU movie. I I just think it delivers so much. Thanos is such a great villain, man. Thanos yeah, is man. so good. Um. And then I was like, man, I haven't seen Endgame since we saw it opening day. So <laughs> I just started watching it. I'm like, I'll see how far I get and. I made it until the third act started, so like an hour left, and then I I paused it, went to bed, and then watched the rest of it this morning. And um, 
I just am like, how on earth are they ever going to reach this height again? <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, there's the payoff is so good in those movies. I'm like, and they just feel like events. Like, it just mm-hmm. feels like the climax um, that emotionally and plot wise, character wise, it's just like, how are they going to be able to duplicate this? Like, they've set no the idea. bar so high. Oh, that. Good luck, Marvel. I don't envy you. I f- completely forgot to mention what I said. I was going to be a spoiler for something earlier. I uh okay, spoil spoilers. I guess for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Skip forward um, thirty seconds if you don't want to hear it. Uh, they're making a Captain America four with Sam Wilson as Captain America. Okay, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Um, that was the news that and that was announced like the day that final episode came out they were just waiting for that to be announced um my octopus teacher won best documentary feature holden talk about something that made me cry (laughs) okay (laughs) hold i mean between the two of us i mean other than the the short films um and i'm sure some of the other ones well i guess short films we've seen pretty much all the winners so far the only one i haven't seen is the is something you've seen which is uh another round oh yeah yeah otherwise uh and i've seen my octopus teacher so we've like covered all the bases holden we are (laughs) hollywood insiders if i had had more time this weekend i would have liked to go to the like three hour stream of every short film (laughs) that the theater had i thought that would have been kind of fun but alas alas um uh, otherwise we'll holden uh <laughs> uh emily and i started a, a quality television show this week on netflix oh um <laughs> called are you the one uh-huh which oh, was wow. a, an mtv show from i think Ooh. 2015 i don't know if it's still going on there's like two seasons on netflix but here's it's the like premise jersey holden. shore era uh, here's the premise holden okay uh t- t- uh 10 men 10 women you know, in their 20s, uh, go to, like, this island in Hawaii, and they are, they, like, take this test, and there's, like, there's, like, quote-unquote perfect matches. They each have a perfect match on this <laughs> island, all right? And if all 10 of them can line up in their perfect matches uh, after 10 tries, I think, which I think they do it, like, once a week, then they each get like they split a million dollars so it's like fifty thousand dollars each or something um (laughs) but the people are so stupid and it is highly entertaining uh the the people you get on there um but each week they have like this truth booth or there's this potential for a truth booth where they you know pair up with like different people each week or there's a bunch of different strategy involved um and uh they like can find out if they're a match or not so like i guess minor spoiler for the first a big spoiler for the first episode but it's the first episode okay like these oh, yeah. i'm sure our viewers want to watch this you gotta see it all then must watch television uh this cut like these two people really hit it off well and they're like super into each other and then they go into the truth booth and they're not a match and it's like oh boy <laughs> and then it's like drama it's like but i love her and it's been like a day and a half it is incredible and some of the things they say are, <laughs> are so stupid um it is 
it is very highly entertaining. I uh, we watched the first two episodes, so um, it uh, if you want to lose brain cells uh, and and need something other than like the Bachelor Bachelorette, uh, that's something you can you can watch on demand, right? Um, otherwise, that's I think that's all I got. I haven't really been playing any via video games this week, so yeah, neither have I. So that's it, Holden. Now, one of our longest episodes of late. We've kind of been getting back into the shorter range. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, Had a lot to talk about this week, though. Um, next week, uh, we will do our f- like final just impressions of the Oscars. We'll also cover the Razzies since that happened this week, but we had too much, uh, lo- too long of an episode, so we're going to do that. And then we'll also do Mortal Kombat. Um the week after I think will be a gap week in order to prepare for spiral. Yes. Gotta be so, prepared. Yeah. So I think yeah, we'll do Mortal Kombat next week and we'll see. I know that that Mitchell's in the Machines movie comes out next week. I think that's been getting good reviews, so I don't know. We'll figure I I'll probably watch that, but I don't know. Is it what is that coming out on? Netflix. Netflix we'll see um otherwise sounds like uh nomadland will have been best picture probably uh that's our prediction as of this moment which is probably like an hour before it comes out nomadland with chadwick boseman best actor who's up for best actress who they think is gonna win that one I could see Carrie Mulligan. Well, maybe Carrie Mulligan I don't know who else uh Fran- Viola Davis Francis McDormand yeah, Francis McDormand. I felt like there was a. I don't remember who they thought was going to win it, but um, never mind. I won't predict that one, I guess, because I can't remember. <laughs> All good performances that mm. we just listed. Um, maybe the. Uh, um, I was going to say, what's her name from uh, Minari, but is she a best supporting actress? No. Uh, is she even nominated? Thought so. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, that, those will be our Oscar winners probably. So we'll, I guess we'll maybe say something about it next week. I don't know. We probably will just briefly in Tom's or something, but we'll see you then. All right. Adios. Uh, Well, you stepped over my closing line. Oh, that's right. We got to do the outro. (laughs) Hurry up. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you can, uh, leave us requests by, uh, leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or uh, emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or uh, donating to our Patreon. Uh, You can visit us on social media. Uh, I am going to post something on Facebook this week. I keep saying I'm going to, but I am actually going to this week because I just keep forgetting about it. (laughs) Is that your New Year's resolution? Yeah. I, I, uh, I want to I want to be better about that. I want to especially once I graduate, I think I'll be able to have more of a presence on there. But um yeah, I think that's it though, Jimmy. All right, real quick, I want to get your thoughts holding. My octopus teacher, does that sound dirty? My octopus teacher. Kind of sounds like the name of a of a, of a porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adios pantalones. Love you. <laughs>